0: right to your door and plants from only 490. Oh. I'm not
1: portable affordable Garmin excited to ha- your destination
0: turn right on highway 134 continue southeast to destination
1: Garmin the leader in navigation it just m-
0: And welcome back, everybody. As we continue, it's our number two of the Don Haskins Show. We are live at Fuddruckers Ruckers West 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Steve Kaplowitz along with the Hall of Famer and a great crowd here tonight as well. Matter of fact, if you have a question for the coach, just give us a call 880 5763 880 K R O D. The caller of the hour will win a $50 Border Bucks gift card from Howdy's and uh, Coach. uh, The first hour was a big one for us. got another big hour right now with our first uh, guest that's joining us here today at Flat Rockers.
1: Well uh, Darren I want to thank you for coming down uh, uh, one of our a sports writer that went to announcing and I thought he was a heck of a good sports writer very very good but I like you better on TV. I
2: and appreciate that. really man. do. Thanks a so lot. I think much. you're great
1: on TV and uh, I first noticed that uh, when you're on Steve's show a lot on the radio, uh, you have a great voice and uh, uh, communicate very, very well.
2: It's a, a completely different world, really is, and I've uh, really enjoyed. I, I hate to say this for my you know colleagues in the print community, but I think it's about ten times harder than what I used to do. It's it's very difficult, but when you're you're working with people who are the best at it, I mean, I, I'm uh, getting stories and tossing stories to and from Gary Warner and. Estella Casas and people like Selena Avila who have been in the business for years, and they make yeah. you look good. And uh, I've had this past uh, about 15, 16 months to learn the business, and uh, I'm sure it, was, it appeared shaky at times to people, but I, uh, I enjoy it, and I think I've got better at it every day, and I continue to work hard at it. And so it's a fun job. It's a, it's a crazy world, though. that Those people work very, very hard. Do you miss sports at all? Uh, you know, I get involved in it enough, Steve, and, and I always I think if people remember the things uh, – You know, I would write in the Times and and my time there. It was always kind of a newsy approach to sports, and I still get to get involved in that with an awful lot. I don't know if you watch a lot of Channel 7, but I get a lot of the news type... Sports stories, those angles, like the fixing of the bowl game, the GMAC bowl game the other night that we broke, and those type of stories where, you you know, I approach it as newsy, and I get in the A block, which is the first 10 minutes in the news a lot of times with newsy sports stories, and a lot of people don't like to see their sports in that block, but they get a little bit of it. I've always seen sports, I think, as news as well as uh, entertainment, so...
0: Well, Darren, always approached it that way. One thing's for certain: you you took a quick, uh, quick liking to television. And you've uh, found yourself uh, now as one of the main reporters uh, on the KVIA in a very short amount of time. Did you ever think about, if we would have done this uh, show five years ago, and I would have said to you, you know what, you're going to be a television reporter at uh, one of the TV stations in town, you'll be working on the news at night, and you'll be doing that, would you, would you have thought I was crazy? Or could you have looked back and said, you know what, I could, I could see that. You know, I was always intrigued by it. And then
2: there was a lot of uh, live shots that the... Um that Channel 7 would do with their partnership with the El Paso Times and I appeared on television several times breaking stories a lot of them the Glory Road stories like the Wheaties Box and um, the Hall of Fame type things and the the the, uh, the uh, nominations and those type of things I did a lot of those on television I started to enjoy it a little bit Just I, I, I didn't think I would, a 40 year old guy well, I'm almost 40 two months could get into television you look at everybody they're 20 and beautiful over there and it's a different world but I, I, I always had a uh, I urged to give it a, a try, and uh, so I gave it a shot, and I, I hope people like what they see, and uh, like I said, I continue to get better at it every day. Coach helped me out a lot the other day. Let me tell you something that happened. Uh, it, it helps to have friends in high places, I can say. Sure Coach did a live interview with us on our 5 o'clock newscast. We let it when we talked about the uh, Hall of Fame induction, and... Uh, uh, Coach did a live interview with me from his truck, sitting in the in the truck, and, and people got such a kick out of that. I got a message right after the interview, and uh, Kevin Lovell, general manager at, at Channel 7, and he said, you know, I think that's the first time, he said, in 27 years that he's been at the station, that he's seen Coach Haskins do a live interview one-on-one on our station. So, he was so impressed with that, blown away with that, but... Uh, Coach, uh, you know, I think people like to see Coach, and, and when you can put Coach out there, he's been so accommodating. Coach, you've always helped us out about, uh, you know, in, in all situations. We, we go to him so many times. He's our money guy, and I think people here in this town love to uh-huh. see and hear from Coach Haskins. So, whenever I can work him into a story, uh, we do that.
1: And uh, I will go. I, um, I enjoyed uh, very much the, you know, I've been on with you two or three times, and uh, Steve will tell you, um, You're a fan. Talking on the radio, TV. uh, I was a coach. This relationship
2: didn't start this way, though. Yeah. Coach was was a little skeptical of me. I think when I first started at the Herald Posted, I was
1: skeptical of all sports. Well, I bet you were. I
2: think you still are a little bit. But, um, (laughs) you know, Coach, this is a funny story. I got to tell this. You know, it was my first day covering the team. They were going to play New Mexico State the next night. And Coach Haskins was at his best during practice. I mean, he was just, you know, there was nobody, I, you know, no, no man you like to watch conduct a practice more than this man. That was, as a sports writer or a sports fan, you got that education of sitting there. And a lot of times he'd call you over and have you sit right next to him while he coached this practice. And uh, that was quite an honor for a guy who was, you know, in his early 20s. And, and uh, that just blew me away. But I always looked at it that way. Well, Coach was basically telling his team that they, they had played New Mexico State in the first game and they, the rematch was the next night and he he told them you know we played the game from here on in pointing to the three-point line over there or yeah. out there we played it here on out from beyond the three-point line. now now we got to play it from here in within the lane and, and play this game inside and beat them that way and he was just putting it that way and I wrote the lead the next day for Joe Mensch the sports editor at the time that time and I, I said uh, coach Haskins you know, Coach Don Haskins drew a line on the court, and he dared his team to step over it. I was so proud of the lead. thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Well, a little while later, it had been published, got out. Coach um, heard about the story. Well, uh, I was proud walking around the office, chest out, first day covering the minors and dealing with Coach Haskins, and the phone rang in Joe Manch's office, and he said, uh, Darren, it's Coach Haskins. Oh, that's not good. So he got on the phone with me. And this is how, this is how the bear operates, basically. He, he said to me, Darren, um, you, you, you basically told them everything we're going to do. And he gave me a hard time for a couple of minutes. And I was like, great. You know, they're playing tonight. And, you know, it's, and I just told the other team everything they were going to do. He'll never let me another practice in my life. Well, he gave me a little hard time about, about two minutes. And then, you know, it's over. And you move on. And that's how he always dealt with us. And there was times that we stepped over a line, I think. But as you well, talked to him, he understood that, uh, obviously, what we were doing and what we were trying to say. And I, I just uh, was blown away by the fact that he noticed anything yeah. that I wrote. And uh, Joe Mitch told me you were like an elephant, though. So read, you read everything and you, you remember everything, Coach. O'Keefe.
1: Well, I don't know about uh, <laughs> uh, remembering, you know. But, uh, uh, you know... Uh, Sports writers kind of reminds me of uh, everybody in town always thought that I hated officials. Well, I did most of the time at night, <laughs> but I blackball less officials than any coach in the because after it's over, it's over, yeah. and there's nothing you can do about it, and you can go watch it, uh, uh, and it's never as bad as it looks. You know, you sit where and you think everything's going against you, and uh, never is. But uh, there was very, very few officials that uh, I'd go to, uh, you know, the spring meet and what have you, and everybody, always spend two hours talking about the officials. I wanted to leave and come home so I could play golf. I, I just didn't, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wasn't you, as hard on them. I bet you as, got
2: thrown out of maybe only a handful of games in your career. Would that be correct?
1: Maybe more than that. <laughs> a
2: few more? There can't be that many. I doubt it's double digits.
1: Uh,
2: I think you know guys, they were too afraid to sometimes. I'll throw
1: tell you who. Done. You know, Russ Moore. Uh, when he was on our bench, he was the guy got all the technicals. I yep. got credit for him. That's oh, what
0: that's I understand good. listening to the story. Yeah. That, yeah, no, Ross was uh, very true. Yeah. Ross getting a lot of assists. Huh? For the, a lot of assists for Ross Moore, right? So you got credit for him, but uh, Ross really was a – Oh, I, I got him all. A, he was an assistant. I told
1: him one time, uh, I said, you know, you get technicals and I get uh, – you know, what they say is the bench. Yeah. Well, it is the bench. Yeah. But I stopped a game one time yeah. over at Memorial Gym and he got a, uh, Ross Morgan, a technical, he had oysters popping his towel. And this official Bob Cordy, I'll never forget him. He came by and he popped him on the leg, you know, and, uh, we were playing air force and we were playing terrible. And, and Ross said, what are you going to do? See, I call me sunny. He said, what are you going to do? I said, not a damn thing will we break a sweat. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, he pops the official and, uh, uh, Irv Brown was the other official. So anyway, you know, foul, uh, technical on the bench. I went down to half court, and Irv came over, and he frowned. And he said, get back down there, I'm going to have to give you one. I said, you are, and let you go down and blow your whistle right in front of our bench and quiet the crowd down and tell everybody in this place who got the technical. <laughs> and he finally did. He went down, he blew his whistles very quiet in there, and he said, The technical foul is on the trainer, Ross Moore. And uh, (laughs) so Ross Ross told me, he said, I can't believe you did that to me. And I said, I'm damn sick and tired of getting credit for all your technical. You you know, he he was a. Toughest competitor I've ever seen. Yeah, wonder if the NCA
2: uh, record book has a
0: space for that, technicals by trainers. They should. Yep, Ross Moore.
2: Oh, if they did,
1: he's a winner. winner. I'm yep. sure he would. Yeah.
0: Let's go to the phones, guys. Vince is uh, joining us on a mobile. Vince, uh, thanks for the phone call. You're first up here on uh, the Don Haskins Show. How are you?
2: Pretty good. Um, I'd like to ask Coach, since uh, talking about people that uh, he didn't care for, and he mentioned not liking officials just for the night of the game, in the coaching fraternity, I know a lot of coaches get along with each other, but I'm curious as to how many, what percent of the coaches, uh, Coach Haskins, would you say that you didn't get along with in, over your years? Is it 10%, 20%? I mean, did you get along with everybody pretty well, or, or is it pretty competitive in the coaching fraternity?
1: No, I, I, I can truthfully say I can't remember. You know, when, you, when you're at a game, you're competing, and uh after the game's over uh it's over uh i uh gosh i i had a lot of friends i, I don't recall a coach that uh didn't how about, get along how, about with,
2: ne- how about neil mccarthy how'd you get along with him for, great yeah. we talked did on you? the phone a yeah. lot did you uh
1: uh neil would never go to the office he'd go to practice time he'd call me and he'd say what are you doing you know and We'd visit for a while and talk about the next game or this game or that game. And uh, uh, you remember when he got a technical leaving? uh, Yeah, he gave
2: gave our fans the number one sign, I think. Yes, he waved goodbye. Going going up the tunnel, yeah, I caught that one myself. He got
1: the number one. Yes.
2: Well, 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 Coach, uh, I I told him, he
1: called me the next day and, I asked Neil about that, and I said, "Is that your IQ or what is it?" <laughs> no, he was a great guy. I, I'll I tell got you a something about well.
2: Coach Haskins, though, when you ask other coaches about Coach Haskins, you, you better settle in for a while. This happened in Salt Lake City. Um, one example: I, I was talking to Rick Majerus after the game, and, and I changed the subject about five minutes into the post game to Coach Haskins, and. Every one of the other guys in the room, the Salt Lake City sports writers, rolled their eyes and they, oh, no. And there he went for 20 minutes talking about Coach Haskins. And any coach you'd ask Coach Haskins about, they would talk about for a long period of time and had much to say about him. I think, um, you know, I think in your profession, you know, you liked all of these guys, and I'm sure some of them got on your well, nerves. But, uh, but they loved you, Coach. Yeah, and I liked
1: like all them. them. Uh, um. I'll never forget, uh, I don't know if I ought to tell this story or not. But, yeah, might as uh, well. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Reggie Menton was coaching at Air Force, and we're beating them pretty bad. And there was a young official from Denver, and first time I'd ever had him. And, you know, they was not very good. And we were having a night where we didn't miss anything. We are up by about 30, and we'd come down to our end, and this guy would call a walk on them. Then he'd call a double dribble, and uh, it was really embarrassing. I mean, he was – I'd been in the lake for a pretty good while, and I knew what he was trying to do. Well, I called him. I called timeout and called him over. And uh, here comes Reggie, you know, sailing down there. He's wondering what in the heck I could be squawking about. And I told the guy, I said, uh, now, this is the first time you've ever called a game for me, but that was one I blackballed. I said, don't you ever show up where we are again. I don't need your damn help. And uh, Reggie, he's told that story all over the United States. But, uh, uh, you know, we all know when we get a little help. You know, when you're sitting over there, and you kind of know when it's the other way too. And uh, uh, you suffer the good with the bad. Yeah, Vince,
0: anything else before we let you go? I guess we lost Vince. Pr- Vince, appreciate the phone call. <laughs> Vince was holding for quite a while through that. Uh...
1: Vince, I'm sorry I got off on other things.
0: That's all right. Again, Caller of the Hour will win themselves that $50 Border Bucks gift card from Howdy's. We've got one of those to give away here. We've got some uh, other great prizes, including T-shirts. We've got... Uh, some certificates to the comic strip, and we're, when we come back, more with Darren Hunt as uh, the Don Haskins show continues only on News Radio KROD.
1: AM 600.
0: Welcome back, everybody, as we continue more of the Don Haskins Show live from Rockers West. Darren Hunt, our guest. We've got lines available if you want to get in. Have a question for the coach or for Darren, 880-5763-880-KROD. Don't forget, Dollar Miller chills here in the bar. We also have 99-cent chips and queso plus the loaded nachos. Just three ninety nine. some great, great specials. Plenty of room, if not in the bar here outside in the patio. Come on down, have dinner with us and with the Bear here at Fuddruckers West, 5030 North Desert Boulevard. Darren, uh, your reaction when you heard the news Monday that the uh, 66 team uh, was elected to the Hall of Fame?
2: I uh, just, you know, it, it is kind of the crowning
0: jewel, but I think there's other
2: things for these guys to do. You know, after this, but I I think that it's the lasting thing. The movie comes and goes. You know, it's wonderful that it was there, but unfortunately, the the lifespan of movies these days, as far as in the spotlight, is quick. But it was, it was wonderful, it was unbelievable. But this, this is something that you know, you can go there at some point and see with your children and and enjoy, and it'll always be there. And it, it, you know, it's it's an unbelievable thing, and it is probably the the crowning jewel of this team and that's the thing that uh, needed to be done and uh, how appropriate that coach was there after so many times that he was denied uh, you know wrongly denied and they that people were making the effort to get him in and then his team gets in on the first uh, attempt, and, uh, and and they've recognized what this team means to the world. It's unbelievable.
0: I think 10 years after uh, the Bear was uh, elected, the 66 team was elected, I believe it was 1997. Ninete- it was exactly a decade, yep. Yeah, so that's uh, pretty impressive in itself. Now, you just mentioned something interesting. I hadn't thought about it. You said that you think there's still other work to do. What else could you see involving the 66 team? I'm, I kind of want to pick your brain because I, I haven't really thought much about it.
2: There's got to be something. I think they've done an awful lot for UTEP, but the next thing is to get UTEP, I think, in a position where, you know, they can maybe take that next step. And, and, and maybe that this thing, you know, in some way benefits that. I don't know how that happens exactly, but, but I think Coach Haskins would like to see more than anything else what has happened with all of this benefit this community and if you can see UTEP maybe take that next step athletically and I think they've done a wonderful job, but you know, there's there's another level out there. And now you got New Mexico paying their basketball coach a million bucks and and that kind of, you know, that that makes it difficult on some of the other mid-major schools as they call them, which is the dirty word obviously a lot of them don't like to hear, but but again I think if it could benefit the school in some way, I think that would be the 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 greatest thing, and I, sure Coach Haskins says. I mean, you walk around that campus now, you th- see what's how different it is. I can imagine when you were here in 1961, you arrived, and how that campus has changed, and how beautiful it is, and the new parking garage going up now, and all that. It's amazing some of the the things on that campus. It's an unbe- unbelievable place. It really it really is.
1: is. I love the uh, Butanese architecture at uh, uh, UTEP. Uh, I think it, I think it's real great. Uh, I tell you what, Darren. What I would like, and I've talked to Steve about this now, and I told Steve the other day, I said, let's don't talk about '66. Well, then, this thing comes about about getting in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) But what we need to concentrate on is uh, our football team coming up. It sounds like Mike Price. As uh, uh, you know, we got seven or eight transfers. They're going to be real good. Some JCs. And I'm looking forward. I love college football. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. I think uh, Tony Barbie is going to have an outstanding year. I think uh, Keith Adams has done a, a, a great job. You know, finally she got uh, 22 wins. Tremendous. Now, I don't know a lot about soccer. I don't know a lot about – I know the softball facility is tremendous. Uh, the guy that really gets left out at UTEP and for years he has is Bob uh, Bob Kitchens every single year he does a tremendous job and I think he is uh, uh, you know he stays at the same level so much that people they just kind of well you know Kitchens gonna have a good year and uh, I I think he really gets overlooked but he's a tremendous track coach and uh He'll have a great year this year.
0: Well, one thing's for
1: certain. There are a a lot of
0: coaches that are getting it done at UTEP, and you've seen the growth. I think it's going to continue. Let's go back to the phones right now. We've got uh, Bernie with us uh, from the west side of town. Bernie, thanks for the call. You're up next on the Don Haskins Show.
1: Hi, Steve. Coach,
2: uh, I thought about you when uh, Billy Glessie was about to play Memphis, and I wondered if, uh, if he had asked you for advice. And
1: uh, I thought, you know, with with uh, YouTube benefiting, with Memphis winning, I thought it it uh, you'd be split both ways. Who are you pulling for? On which game now? A and M at Memphis. Billy Gillespie, Um, Texas A and M, and Memphis. I had a hard time with that one. I really did. You know, uh, Billy and I are close friends. I know John Calipari, and uh, uh, I just uh, I watched a heck of a game, and of all. You know, uh, 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 A.J. Law. Uh, it's A.J., right? A.C. Law. A.C. A.C. Law. Of all the great shots he's made, he misses a layup. Now, I know it was contested a little bit, but he yeah. misses a layup or a uh, 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 Texas a m would have won. But well, we're talking about two great programs, two great coaches, and uh, I just uh, – I think that was a I tough can, one. I'll I can honestly people. say I wasn't pulling – I just – wanted to see a good game and I did yeah.
2: yeah, I think a lot of people were torn in that one between rooting for UTEP or rooting for Memphis with UTEP's conference uh, and the money they could have made for the conference continue to do it and they were torn between Billy being here and, and what he was able to do here quickly yeah. and uh, you know that's the amazing thing though is how quick things turn but, and we're not, it's not going to be too long before you see Billy Gillespie right coach in a final four, I mean that's going to happen
1: before it could have happened this year yeah, sure could. and Memphis could have got there this year
0: Bernie, appreciate the phone call. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for getting in. 880-5763, 880-KRD. All right, here's a question. From that was
1: the, a tough question you well, gave me. I'm
0: going to give you a tougher one right now from the, <laughs> from the bar. Um, compare the coaching careers of Tim Floyd, Norm Ellenberger, Bob Knight, and yourself.
1: Well, Why don't we just cross me off? I don't know much about that. Uh, I think Tim Floyd has always been one of the brightest uh, <clears throat> coaches out there. Uh, Norm Ellenberger, he was a great coach, and uh, uh, I felt very fortunate, you know, after he got fired New Mexico, have him here for three or four years and help him kind of get a good start. And Tim Floyd has heart as big as see seat of your pants. You know, Ellenberger left here, went to Indiana because Bob Knight could give him. Uh, you know, he was—he's a volunteer here, and uh, Knight made, uh, got him teaching a couple classes, so he made, you know, some money there, and uh, then Floyd took him to uh, uh, Chicago Bulls, and about three or four years, uh, Norm made more money. I, I think uh, we're talking about a great coach, a heck of a coach, really was. Now, Bob Knight. Um, he's won 800 in how many games?
0: Well, he's the all-time winningest coach. I don't even know the number anymore.
1: He's well, the, uh, he'll. I think he'll win. Uh, think he can win 900? Oh yeah, certainly. He's not going anywhere, is he? He's not going anywhere no. unless he's sick. <laughs> and uh, I, I honestly believe that he's doing the best job of coaching he's ever done in his life over at Texas Tech because he hadn't had the best talent now at. Uh, uh, you know, he won three nationals mm-hmm. at Indiana, but he had a lot of good players. And uh, uh, his players are good at Texas Tech, but they play so hard. And he is one of the guys. hes uh, It's hard for me to describe Bob Knight. He's uh, a guy that he'll call up and he'll say, hey, Ed, uh, he calls me El Paso Ed. El Paso Ed. Because I beat him in a game pool one time. Yep. One a quarter from him or something? <laughs> so that made me a hustler. That's good. And, yeah. That's how they and, got in the book. Huh? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, but he ne- he never calls me. He, hey Ed, and he's funny and uh, so loyal. It's unbelievable. I uh, remember a few years ago, uh, coach from uh, L I U. Remember Claire B. Several years ago, Knight calls me up and he said, now. Ed, he said, you get a hold of eight or ten, twelve guys in the west, and get a hundred bucks apiece for 'em, 'cause because Claire B can't come to the tournament. And I said, and he said, now don't tell the pre- don't tell anybody. I said, that's right, Knight. They might think you have a heart, you know. <laughs> and he didn't want anyone to know that. No. But he's got a heart of gold. Yeah. And if he don't like you, uh, he don't. He's um, there's nothing false about this guy.
0: 880 5763. I don't know if I answered
1: that or not. But, yeah. uh. <clears throat> Good <clears throat>
0: question. When you mentioned,
2: you know, when we talk about Tim Floyd or you talk about Nolan Richardson, and you, I've always wanted to do the story of Coach Haskins' coaching tree. And, you know, you see these family trees that you can buy, and you. Research and and yeah. but what about the, the Coach Haskell's coaching tree and just how far it reaches and it, you know you, if you don't even think about the guys at the high school level here like like Bobby Leslie um, like Tony Harper that he's had an influence on not only basketball you know across this country but but locally. It's so rooted in these guys and some of the great high school coaches here in town. So Jim you know, we truly are representative yep. of the Don Haskins' style of coaching here G- with yeah, Jim Forbes as well. Uh, there's the a, the there's list the goes on and on. And I'm yeah. going to do that tree one of these days. So I should. I just get somebody to draw
0: it for That'd me. Be a fun, that would be a fun tree. You know what the real scary thing is? I'll tell you this much. Considering that you would probably have to start that tree with Coach and go all the way down. you imagine if you started it with Coach Iba, what that tree would look well, like? It would be a forest.
2: Yeah. That it would, would just be, be, tree. be, yeah, be a
0: tree. Yeah, it'd be a forest.
2: Yeah, I got to get it all in a minute and a half, Steve. So yeah. it's going to be a little tough. I'll, we'll start with Coach. That's a, good, that's a good we'll idea. Go yeah, I, I think uh-huh. uh,
0: if you had uh, four and a half hours, maybe then you could uh, look with Coach uh, well, Iba. Uh, would you agree? You did a special. That's right. I don't, a big I don't know. But, uh, I'm not used uh, to getting to talk this much.
1: Well, so uh, this is a treat for me. I'm happy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I'd never noticed that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to uh, Frank next from Central El Paso. Frank, you're up on the Don Haskins Show. Thanks for the call. Hello, Coach, hello, Steve, and hello, Darren. Hey, Frank.
1: How you doing? Frank? How are you all doing,
0: sir? Uh,
2: Coach, I'm just asking, and, you know, everybody talks about all the, the victories and everything else, but um, I'm kind of curious, what do you tell, you know, the kids when you have a heartbreaking loss, you know, or something comes down that, you know, you're, you're in the tournament and all of a sudden you, know, you lose a Cincinnati or, you, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, um, how do you get them up? And or, or, or maybe during the, the, the middle of the season, you know, and something happens, that just, you know, something doesn't go right. I mean, it's easy to, you know, to to rail in the in the victory. But how do you do this when when in,
0: you lose the game? You know, it's a great question.
1: It, it is a good question. And I'll tell you what I always tried to do. See, if you win, you can really be tough and go over your mistakes and be mad and do all that but when you lose uh you know i always felt like if we lost uh you know i was there too <laughs> there's something i didn't do right and i tried my best now on occasion if we lost and i didn't think we gave a great great effort no i wasn't very nice to him maybe in the dressing room but uh did you mention the Cincinnati game?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a game I'm wondering. What did you say to your team after losing in the, well, I, the Sweet 16 game that did a lot of people, you know, felt if you had won, you would have been in the Final Four? Yeah.
1: Well, um, I don't remember. I certainly, um, you know, we were all disappointed. Sure. Um, I, don't, I don't recall, but I promise you it wasn't uh, like out on the floor and uh, all that. It, uh, uh, You know, you have to congratulate a bunch of guys for getting that far. And, you know, anytime you win a championship, now Florida didn't this year. Don't think they had a close game, did they? No. I don't remember them having a the close game. But to win a championship, normally, you got to win the one like it does. Uh, we lost it since, uh, to Cincinnati. Uh, I remember one year, <clears throat> you know, we, we beat Arizona at Arizona, and, uh, you know, seedings are so important. I know I'm getting off subject here a little bit, but uh, next game after we, you know, played Arizona on their home court and beat them in overtime, number three in the nation, Iowa, and we get beat by pointing that one. Now, that hurt. Roy Marble, Greg Lohas. Right, yeah. right. They had 11 or 12 players, and we had a, a great team. And uh, that team could have gone a long way. Could have gone a long way. But uh, we led most of the game, and they had a big seven-foot center and made two threes right toward the end of the game. Lojas mm-hmm. was his name. And had we won that one? I don't know, but we were very good.
0: Would you tell the team in the locker room how proud you were of them after a game like that Cincinnati Yes, I game? would.
1: I always would. Yeah. Yeah. Well. No. How many
2: times did you act
0: Frank, appreciate mad. the call. Thank you, buddy. Uh,
2: how, how many times did you act mad about a game you won just to get a point across? That happened an awful lot now, right?
0: At least to the media, did yeah. Darren? Right?
2: Well, no, he was. You know.
1: Bob uh, Bob M. Ingram, uh, one of the first uh, um, great sports writers here. Bob Did come, you say great I, sports writers? I thought he was. I thought he was very good. That's the
2: him. first one I've ever heard him say that
1: about. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've had a lot of great sports writers, and you were one of them, Darren. But. Bob was uh, very kind to me. And he'd come in after the game, and I'd, you know, we'd win, and I'm in a rage. And he'd put his yellow pencil, and he'd stand there with his pad, and wait till I got over my craziness, and then he would write. And I don't know how many times, about 12 o'clock at night, uh, I would call Bob Ingram and uh, uh, tell him, you know, we'd. uh, he didn't know how to write a, uh, a bad story, and he understood me. But at this day and time, if you did that with the uh, with the press, you'd have you'd have, they'd eat you up. Absolutely. And uh, I guess I would have learned that real quick. I hope I uh, would. Yeah.
2: Guys like Ray Sanchez, uh, Joe Mensch, Derry Eads from the Herald Post days, they all say great things about Bob Ingram and, and uh, how he was. So I never knew him myself, Coach, but.
1: No, no you didn't. No. He, was, he was a good man.
0: 880 5763 880 KROD is our telephone number. Darren, before we let you get back to dinner, and uh, they could probably warm it up for you. I promise you <laughs> that. Um, you know, we look back and. Yeah, had was
1: a good phone call last week. We've had some really good I phone hope calls I, today. I don't even remember what he asked. I, got to, you know,
0: <laughs> I wanted to know about what you said to your team after it was, yeah. okay. no, was. It was Frank. No, it was good. It was yeah, because I've
2: always wondered that. You know? yeah. I always
0: thought it was, what
2: the hell are you guys doing? You know, after you would lose a game. but apparently right, it's Well, it,
1: right. it's according to effort. Darren? You know, if, if you go out and uh, you don't break a sweat, yeah. well, I don't think it's time to congratulate you. What
2: was the maddest you ever were after a game? you remember a particular game where it, it just really got under your skin and you were angry at your team about it not so much I'm
1: because... I'm, I'm sure that was several times I don't remember any in particular but uh, uh, after a win or a loss I would always drive to uh, uh, sir Blanca and I learned uh, later in uh, my career see I went about 15 years where I didn't enjoy winning. Now, that's crazy. I, Fifteen it, years? Oh, at least 15 winning. years. No. Why
0: would you not enjoy winning? You wouldn't. I'm sure you wouldn't All enjoy I losing.
1: Think, I, I, I couldn't think of the good things. All I thought about was the mistakes. Okay. And you turn it over in your head, and then, you know, on the way back from Cerro Blanca, I'd start thinking a little bit about the good things, but. Uh, that's
2: a 95-mile uh, drive one way and back, right? Yeah, There's,
1: that's right. Almost exactly and, 100 uh, miles. it had taken me about that long to cool off.
0: Yeah. What made you decide to change it after those 15 years and start looking at the good things and not the bad things? I think
1: we had a bad year, too, and I, <laughs> I decided... You You know, when we win, I'm going to have fun.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Well, Darren, listen, we want to thank you for uh, joining us today and spending time with us. and um, We're looking forward to uh, having you back on. When you're uh, around, uh, please make it a point. Come back and see us again here on the Don Haskins Show. It's a pleasure. Anytime,
1: Coach. And, Darren, uh, if you need me for an interview, if we can do it out of the truck, you got it.
0: We can always accommodate you, Coach. In the <laughs> Thank truck. you a lot. Thanks a lot, guys. It's Darren Hunt, folks from KBA TV. We're coming back, wrap things up next live from Fuddruckers. You're listening to News Radio
1: KROD, AM six hundred News Radio KROD.
0: Final 15 minutes of the Don Haskins Show. You have a call, a question for the coach. 880-5763, 880 KRD. As we continue live uh, from uh, Fuddruckers West again, want to thank Darren Hunt uh, along with Steve Trudenick, uh, John Calipari, our guests today on the show. You know, we spent this, the uh, part of the first hour talking about the Hall of Fame, and part with Darren as well. As happy as you were to know that the '66 team got what they deserve. How upset were you when you heard the news that um, Dick Vitale did not get into the Hall of Fame this year? Oh,
1: I'll I tell you what, I'm, I'm still not believing that. Uh, he's done more for the game of basketball than anyone I've ever known. I mean, he, you know, this e, ESPN uh, uh, has done uh, great things for basketball, but I, I do not know a better ambassador for the game of basketball than Dick Vitale. I was shocked that he didn't get in.
0: It's almost as if people say to themselves, "Well, what you know, you've done a lot promoting the game, but as a coach or a player, not enough to contribute." But you know what? I look at basketball and I say the game might not be the same, especially college basketball, because Dick Vitale has done a lot to just get that energy and it's it make you feel good about the game.
1: Well, uh, you know, I've already told this story a couple of weeks ago when yeah. we were talking about Dick Vitale. He came to town. Said he would. Uh, he wanted to speak on drugs. You know, they had him uh, at the Sun Carnival uh, Tournament as speaker, and uh, uh, he talked to all the players. Those four teams on drugs, and he was going to talk to all the kids. You know, he he asked the public schools to bring all the kids in. There's 22 showed up and Dick Vitale was ringing wet with sweat two hours later, and you'd have thought he had 22,000 there. That's awesome. So I've become not only a fan of his for his knowledge of basketball, but just as a person. Let's
0: go to the phones right now. Tom is up next on a mobile as we continue. Tom, how are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, thanks for taking the call, Coach. It's good to, to talk with you.
1: Nice. Thank you, Tom, for calling. tough show to get on when you're behind the microphone. Huh? It's a tough show to get on when uh, you're behind the microphone. <laughs> um, Coach, I wanted to ask
0: you about your recruiting practices. Um, I've been following the minors since we moved here in about 72. My first favorite player was Gator Pauling. Um, but as I look through all the players, I, I try to find a pattern of... Uh, it doesn't seem like you recruit a particular geographical area or or anything. What would made? would make you decide to go after a particular player
1: well um you know you get phone calls from coaches and and uh you know they got a lot of uh uh people out there that are uh big time scouts you gotta buy their books and all that but uh like gator um uh nate archibald knew him and uh neville shed uh, willie cager Willie Worldsley I had a, one of my first players, Willie Brown from New York City, uh-huh. uh, and you know a lot of it has to do with. Uh, for instance, Tim Floyd uh, got a player or two from California, and, and they like it. And then uh, so I remember one year we had almost all of our players from Houston. Fred Reynolds is on your show today. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so we, had, we, and, we had John uh, Amy, and Anthony Burns. Well, they were from Marshall, Texas. Okay, but uh, uh, it's kind of getting to know somebody now. Nowadays, there's there's so many games and tournaments in the summer that you don't go around the schools that much. You just go to these AAU tournaments, and and uh, uh, they look at uh, like there's a big tournament out in Vegas, and there might be a hundred teams there. And they're all good teams. So uh recruiting is different. Um I think it's a well known fact that I did not like to recruit. i uh I the best uh, you know, I had some guys that did recruit Tim Floyd, I don't think there's any question about uh was one of the best recruiters in the country and still is. I mean look at uh, Southern Cal. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean
1: yeah. he's gonna get uh uh you know, he's got the first or second best player. O.J. Mayo. O.J. Mayo yeah. coming in next year. Now, the big the big problem nowadays, you recruit players like that, and you don't have them four years. You only make, right. you might have them a year or two, uh, like the the guy at Texas, and uh, uh, that would be a great spot to be in, to yeah. have players that good that they might uh, uh, might just stay a year or two. You know. Uh, I think Tim probably could recruit them back. I don't know. We'll see because he's got a couple that uh, he thinks might go in the draft.
0: Tom, another great question. Thanks so much for getting through today. Thank you. I appreciate uh, the time. Thank you. You bet. 880-5763. 880-KROD, our telephone number, as uh, we continue here on the Don Haskins Show. Again, if you want to duck a phone call in, you got a shot at that $50 porta Bucks card from Howdy's. We'll be giving that away here, not only live at uh, Fuddruckers, but also to our caller of the uh, show, which is really the caller of the hour. We've taken all of our calls here in the uh, second and final hour. What was tougher? Let me stay on recruiting for a second. Was it tougher to recruit in the early signing period or the late signing period? Since we're only uh, six days away from well, you late know, signing opening up, I
1: never trusted the first. You know when they a guy said he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, and I remember one time uh, we were recruiting a kid in Chicago, and he said he's going to sign, and uh, the day of signing uh, I was there, and he wasn't to be found. So uh, so you showed up, he, and he, he, had, it. he ended up going with Al McGuire at Marquette, That's and I, I always wondered what Al. He, he must have had some pretty words to say to change a guy overnight, but he did.
0: Well, he decided to do that, and um, I guess it happens. It's it's part of recruiting. It's part of what goes on in college. Oh, yeah. College. Were really you more is. successful in the late period than the early period?
1: When I, you look back, when you look back you know, at it? I, I, I really can't remember. I yeah. think in the late period I was playing golf.
0: So you got all your work done early. Yeah. Get it done soon and then enjoy golf later. <laughs> That's exactly right. No, ben,
1: right? I never played golf till after recruiting is over.
0: Well, all I know is uh, right now uh, some people are uh – you know they're a little they're a little depressed i mean college basketball season is over and then you got recruiting and then you'll have the summer the summer camps and then the next thing you know it's uh, on for uh, you know the uh, the fall football goes into basketball but if you're a college basketball player right now how important is the next four months in terms of working out keeping yourself in great condition and really trying to work on the parts of your game that need that improvement from year to year
1: well that that is very important and uh I know that uh, all the good players I had had great work ethic, and, uh, you know, that's what all coaches are looking for. John Calipari, uh, you talked to him about it. He's not going to – you know, it's like he said, he wanted uh, kids off of uh, winning teams, and uh, that's the reason, because they already have work ethic. They know what winning's is like. Uh, I don't like guys coming off losing teams. Now, I, I think once in a while, I'm not saying – that that won't work But uh, if you're on a losing team uh, There's something wrong
0: how tough is it, though, um, if you're a coach and you're trying to monitor your players during the offseason? You can say until you're blue in the face, you need to work on this, you need to work on that. What did you find? What percentage of athletes would do it and really spend the time that they needed to in the gym, in the weight room, getting themselves improved, whether it's bulk, shooting, ability, that kind of thing, as opposed to some of the kids that didn't take it as seriously and found themselves behind when the season started?
1: Uh, Steve, uh, uh, as a coach... The the best shooter that you have normally will be first to practice. The worst shooter you have will be last to practice. The best shooter you have will be the last guy to leave the gym. Yeah. And the guy that wants to leave first is the old boy that uh, doesn't do it very well. And you asked for how many. I'd say you talked to your entire team of 12 and maybe three. Like uh, the teammate Nate Archibald's on. Yeah. Oh, there, Nobody could stay seven or eight hours with him, same way with Hardaway. Mm-hmm. Those guys, uh, I had a lot of people who work hard, but uh, those two, uh, unbelievable. Let me uh, switch sports for a little bit and touch on a
0: couple of things before we wrap up the show. The Masters, you're a huge golf fan. Obviously, uh, your son Steve has been long a uh, professional golfer. Um, Tiger today, I think, shoots one over. Phil goes four over. Rich Beam. Shot one under. One under. Right. What are your thoughts on uh, the Masters? You know,
1: um, it would be great if if, uh, Rich Beam could uh, keep playing well. Uh, Rich, over the years, has been a hot and cold player. On a week that he's hot, he he really tears up some courses, and this might be his week. Well. Oh, that would be great. He's due, that's for sure. uh, Now, he's had a couple good tournaments already this year, and then he's hadn't made – hadn't – uh, I qualified a few times, but uh, uh, he's a great player. And boy, there's so many good golfers out there. I tell you what, uh, uh, not very often does somebody win the Masters that we haven't heard of, but uh, it could be this year. Who knows?
0: What are your thoughts of Augusta National when you talk about what they've done now? It's commercial free, you just see golf uh, throughout. Well, the you year. know, you, you like that?
1: They've made uh. Oh, I love the commercial-free. You bet. I think all golf fans do, or yeah. watching any sporting event. But uh, uh, you know, talking about that course, how they, you know, they moved it from about 7,200 to 7,500, and uh, you know, they were they've said, well, they're making it toward Tiger. Well, he, he hits the ball f- further than anybody in the world. I don't know how that bothers him. I don't know why. He shot one over par today, but I'll bet it's because he's a little crooked. It damn sure wasn't length.
0: Uh, The good news for Tiger Woods.
1: If they want to stop him, put him on a 6,000, where he's got to hit an iron every hole, which he does well, too.
0: You more surprised that uh, Mickelson shoots four over and shoots a 76 today?
1: No. He's liable to come back and shoot four or five under tomorrow. He's... uh, He's kind of a hot and cold player at times, too. You know, uh, uh, if, if his putter gets hot, uh, no telling what he might do. I bet you he was wild today. You can't yeah. play the Masters from the rough. You've got to play it from fairwood. fairway. Craig Stadler right
0: in the mix, too. Now, Craig Stadler is kind of the, uh, maybe the sentimental pick for a lot of golfers, knowing that it's been a long time since the Walrus has been back uh, among the leaders. Is but this the old right?
1: Walrus or the young Walrus?
0: That's the big question. We're talking about, uh, I believe...
1: The he's owners. got a son, Craig, too. Oh, th-
0: you know what? I, I don't know. I didn't realize that. It may might be the uh, young one, not the old one.
1: Yeah. Well, that's I don't good. know. What? We'll, fi- we'll find out. There's a walrus right there. But I'll the tell you what, if the picture's in paper, you can't tell the difference because they're that's both right. big.
0: All right, last question. I got about 30 seconds yeah. left. Major League Baseball season's already underway. Who's your pick?
1: I, uh, I hadn't thought that much about it. Uh, how many players do the Yankees buy this year? Um, everybody,
0: everybody. Is that your answer?
1: Well, you know, that's. Uh, uh, I saw something in paper the other day that told the number, the money that they have spent.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. It,
1: it really is. All right. And uh, you can say what you want about George Steinbrenner, but he does want to win.
0: Coach, I'll see you back here in two weeks, as always. It's been a pleasure.
1: Steve, thank you very much, and I want to thank all these people that come in yep. tonight.
0: I want to thank Tom. Tom uh, is going to win our $50 border bucks card. Phoned in, had a great question about recruiting. So congratulations, Tom. You've got the $50 border bucks card. For everybody here at Ruckers West, for Coach Haskins, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We'll see you back here in two weeks. You've been listening to The Don Haskins Show.